0: Hey, what's up, you guys? Today, I am extremely excited to bring you Abel James, the one and only Fat-Burning Man. So the Fat-Burning Man was one of the originals of health podcasts, ranked number one in health in eight countries, five years in a row on Apple with over 50 million downloads. It's won four awards in independent media, and that's not even close to where Abel's accomplishments end. Um, He's also a New York Times bestselling author. The Wild Diet was his first book, and he also has another one that's a number one international bestseller called Designer Babies Still Get Scabies. It's a humorous, amazing audiobook. Um, Man, where else do we go from here? I mean, he was a celebrity coach on ABC's hit primetime show, My Diet Is Better Than Yours. Um, He's going to talk about the results on that, which are absolutely incredible and exciting. And man, I mean, even when he released his cooking app, Caveman Feast, um, he beat out the Food Network and Martha Stewart (laughs) on that. So he became the first independent publisher to hold Apple's number one food app and number one health podcast at the same time. Um, He's been named one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness three years in a row. And not only that, um, he's won um, awards for singing and songwriting. So he just is quite the incredible person. And I really enjoyed this interview with him because you'll see as we go through, you probably hopefully you already know Abel. Um, And have been exposed to his work, but if you haven't, if this is your intro to Abel James, you'll see, I think, why people love him so much because he's getting right down to the freaking truth, and he's saying, hey, let's cut the BS and all this crazy stuff where we have to act like robots and follow all these crazy rules and like what actually works, you know? Like let's like take a chill pill and find out what actually works here and just do that and be happy and live happy lives. (laughs) So man, we go into so much in this episode from living without internet for a year to living life intentionally to how he was overweight and what was causing that and what helped him ultimately get there and led him on this journey um, to becoming the fat burning man and everything that he's brought to the health industry since then. So um, we'll go ahead and jump into it. I just wanted you to know how cool this dude is (laughs) before you start listening. So we'll go ahead and get started. Here is Abel James. All right. So Abel, I'm wondering if you could treat us with a little journey today. Yeah. Where
1: do you want to start Tara? I
0: want to start with what got you started in health and fitness in the first place. And then like, if we can go through the epic hero's journey of the highs and lows of through that journey, like what you found, but let's start like, where did you start out? Cause everybody knows you're the fat burning man, but like, how'd you get there?
1: Yeah, it was a wiggly road. uh, (laughs) So I guess the long version is, uh, it's really my mom who got me into this and the combination with my dad and their family, lots of kids, Grew up in New Hampshire, and that was a dairy farm. They were kind of doing it the oh, right organic, kind of no spray permaculture way nice. before way before that was a thing. You're right. When I was uh, just an infant, I got really, really sick and and mm. couldn't kick a high temperature, and so they pumped mm. me full of everything they had. Right. So to this day, I'm still allergic to pretty much every antibiotic there is, mm. and so my mom had a problem, right? Because the kids would get sick. My brother actually was and still is allergic to a lot of the same drugs and antibiotics and all that. So my mom, who was already a nurse, hit the books even harder and learned about uh, being an, and became an herbalist, and then wrote a book about herbs and incorporating mm. them into clinical practice. I love her. Up, <laughs> her, yeah, she's the best. She's the best. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, so I was kind of raised in this health nut world where she yeah. was running into the backyard and wildcrafting and making tinctures and bombs Amazing. to heal me and teas and all of that. Instead of, you know, I wanted to take Clearasil when I got. There. <laughs> Poison.
0: You know? yeah. I love her. Oh, can totally. I get her on the podcast next? <laughs> you sure?
1: yeah, she would love that. But uh yeah, so anyway, I of course wanted to rebel against that completely when right. I went to school and then I went to an Ivy League college and took on loans and then got a big fancy job to pay off those loans and big fancy health insurance. And I'm like, well, this is the right way. I'm gonna do this super hard. And after right. about like a year of going into the doctor pretty much every 2 weeks maybe once a month peeing blood taken looking at the results the good part is i i learned kind of how to read some of that blood work mm. the bad news is that after a little more than a year of that and moonlighting and working too hard being stuck in an office working in consulting and programming and all that yeah. uh, i was i would i put on probably 25 30 pounds mm. i had high triglycerides big puffy face and um and then the thing that really put me over the edge there, after trying to eat very low fat, I was still running a lot. I was trying to eat almost no dietary cholesterol and all that. So I'm getting right. fat. I'm getting, you know, going down the road of heart disease that I was trying to prevent by following this advice based on family yeah. history. Da, da 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 And then I lose everything in an apartment fire, like everything. Oh, wow. I'm broke. I had just kind of like gotten over the hump and paid off most of the loans, but I'm broke. I'm sick. I've lost everything. And I just looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you kind of got to work on this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I felt terrible. I looked wow. terrible. Like- I was in my early 20s and had the body and the biomarkers of someone easily in their 40s or 50s with, with, you know, going down the road of serious metabolic dysfunction if you don't kind of correct it pretty quick. And that's where I was at. So it was really going back to the world of (laughs) my mom and alternative health (laughs) and herbal healing and that kind of, I know it's a more N equals one experimental, intuitive approach and mm-hmm. hitting like hardcore bodybuilding forums. I was looking at at people who were way too fit or had way too much muscle, like the phys- physique competitors that can mm-hmm. get down to 3% body fat. It's like, mm-hmm. these people have figured something out that I certainly haven't. Like I'm right. doing this really hard and it's not working. Maybe if I do something else really hard, it will work. Wow. And that's kind of what happened. And then so, that's how I found my way to the primal world eventually too, which wasn't really... A thing back then, because Mark Sisson was just getting his start. But I found Mark because he was someone who even back then was close, you know, in his mid 50s, getting close to 60 and just ripped and and energetic. And an example of how I would want to be living Perhaps like when I was getting toward my sixties. And I'm like, well, how did he do that? You know? Then yeah. I started interviewing people who had lost more than a hundred pounds and kept it off for five years. And that's how I started up my blog and podcast. Cause I was reaching out to these nice these freak successes, right? Yeah. The, the successes are the weird ones, but I think there's so much Love we can it. learn from them.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Wow. It's cool. So it came from your own place of passion of like, I want solutions and the proof is in the pudding. Like stop giving me all these recommendations, like show me the results. And now I want to hear what you had. So what did you, what principles did you discover as you started, you know, when did that start to shift for you into, cause like, I know we'll talk about a lot of people may know of like my diet is better than yours. And maybe we can talk about that and, yeah. and the wild diet, but like what clicked, like what helped you start to shift your perception around this whole like low fat, low cholesterol run, you know, what everybody tries to do or at least as we were growing up, where, where did the clicking yeah. start to happen?
1: I love that question. Cause it wasn't just the doctor and there are many good doctors out there. It was just a doctor. And he, by the way, was a little soft himself, probably 40 pounds overweight. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. I started to notice things like that. Mm-hmm. I started to, mm-hmm. to just be a little bit more intuitive about what made sense. Once I had more of an education about how the body worked. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is I was not afraid of fat and cholesterol anymore. I was more focused on eating real food, and once I did that, and uh, I had been running pretty much nonstop, like the whole time, and a lot of the misinformation that I got, or the the really carb heavy, Mm -hmm. carb loading before races, after races, Gatorades, Goos, all. Oh yeah,
0: I'm a runner too. I feel you. Yeah, totally. Spaghetti. (laughs)
1: It's like I had been running since since junior high track and I just loved it, right? And so I was reading all the, all the running magazines I could yep. and they all said carb loading and sugar and all this. So I had to unlearn that and unlearn the orange juice from my doctor and unlearn the rest of it and then eat something, right? And yeah. so I didn't totally give up grains. I just went more to the sourdough and more yeah. of the kind of just, I went to the, the things that were more West than a price. Cause mom had found that way back in the day and a few other resources. Like the primal thing didn't in really invent it as much as like, you know, kept a movement going forward that has been here for a long time. People have been into macrobiotic into staying close True. to nature for a very long time. And there are lots of different names for it, but it was really that making that jump of being afraid that it would stop my heart eating fat again and, you know, not fueling with sugar, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, That's what I was afraid of. And once I kind of got over that fear and jumped into it and, and started, you know, focusing on coconut oil and getting back to butter again and just upgrading Mm -hmm. my food quality without even any change in training, I dropped 20 plus pounds in like a month, like the first month. And then after that, I, you know, Brad Pitt and fight club was kind of the thing back then, like the, the ideal Mm man body. Mm -hmm. Uh, For someone in their teens and 20s.
0: Yes, he was. (laughs) Yes, I remember. (laughs)
1: Totally, totally. And and then I realized that it wasn't that hard to do. It wasn't. Like putting it into action takes a lot of effort, of course, and you have to do the right things. But once you know what to do and you're willing to put it into action, if you want that body or you want 3% body fat, or if you want to lose 100, 200 pounds, you can do these things. And and you don't have to like go to the doctor every two weeks and have fancy health insurance to know how to do these Mm -hmm. things. Another thing that happened, by the way. When I was visiting that doctor's, after going there and developing these issues by following the advice, I was on a half dozen different prescription meds. Wow! And didn't need any of those, especially any more, after I made those corrections.
0: Wow. And you know what I love about this is you're saying like so many people can relate to this because they're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I guess I'm just not doing a good enough job. And it's like, right. wait, actually, maybe just try something completely different and then put all that effort in and now you don't feel so self-defeated. And that was my experience too. I wanted to qualify for Boston, couldn't do it. I'm carb loading. I got my goos. I got my little of waffles, right. and my Gatorade and all that stuff. And then went low carb and boom, qualified for Boston with 17 minutes to spare. Like wow. went and did leg That's day nice. two days later. Like it was just like... Oh, okay, this works. You know, so I I love that. So that so then from this, as you're discovering your own, you're like, yay! I that feeling of like, yay! This is working, and it's amazing. Is that where the wild diet stuff started to come into play, or where did your journey go from there?
1: Yeah, because I realized, and also coming from the world, like I've been a career musician before this and put on shows and stuff like that. So oh. I come at this world with a tongue-in-cheek perspective, right? So yeah. it's like, I think it's important not to be super specific and say that you always have the right answers and all of that. But at the same time, there are very important fundamentals that is an education that we all kind of have to get through through before we dial that in. So I realized that words are dangerous. Mm. Because if you look back 100 years people were eating vegan and arguing with people who are eating keto, but they called it Banting. And then before that, you know, there's there's Atkins and there are all these other Weston A. Price and cyclic ketogenic dieting and the bodybuilding circles and combining that with different stacks of steroids and testosterone. It's like, you can you can really do this in all sorts of different ways and give it whatever name you want. And back then it was really primal paleo. We're bigger than keto. Now it's more keto carnivore, vegan stuff. And And so I just wanted to, take a minute and be like, hmm, it's more, let's take a step back. I don't want to own any of this, but nature needs to be honored here. And also something a little bit alternative. So I came up with the word word wild around a lot of the different projects and, and products that we've come up with over the decade of doing this. And that's protected us a little bit. I mean, we sacrifice a lot of growth, oddly enough, by doing things like that, right? By kind of just saying like, Mm -hmm. this is kind of the way that we're gonna do it. We're not gonna try to convert everyone and and try to get them to use these words too, necessarily. But like, we're doing something different here, but we're doing it together. And Mm -hmm. so I think when, when people are coming up with brands and names for things, like we were talking about before we started this show, you can get all caught up in that for for Mm -hmm. so many different reasons and in so many different ways. But I think it is important to have something that's kind of distinctly yours, no matter what it is. Like Fat-Burning Man, people love that or hate it. And it's really interesting. (laughs) Like the the interactions that I have with people, they make a lot of assumptions based around that. similar with wild superfoods and the wild diet and all of that. But I'm entertained by this. I get a kick out of it because I also write poetry and songs. And so on. I, I'm really interested in how people interpret words and yeah. what notes. So it, I have a lot of fun with that talking all day with fun people like you who are also obsessed with words and meaning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, wow. Okay. Hold on one. Speaking of words, something you said there just like made my heart like jump out and jump for joy. And you said nature needs to be honored here. Oh, like, I love that so much. And I think like, once you get on this path, you understand that. I always tell, I tell all my clients this. I'm like, none of us understand the human body at all. Like we don't, like we have, we're cute. It's cute. What we, I mean, we got some stuff, but like, oh, you understand the body? Like make one. Oh, you right. can't? <laughs> okay, and you don't know how it works. <laughs> so like that's, I'm the same way. Like nature is the key. It's the clues. It's like, this is how it works, right? So honoring that is what I'm hearing from you is like, let's not be so like cocky and know it all that like, I've got this figured out. I figured out the solution for all humans. Here it is. It's like, let's actually honor what's working. What's working is what we are, which is nature, yeah. which is why I love what you're doing. That kind of transitions into like the, my diet is better than yours. <laughs> Can you share that experience for people who don't know?
1: Yeah. So this was back in 2015, 2016. And it was Twitter, actually. Someone got in touch and they're just like, hey, you'd be perfect as a coach on this new show from ABC. And the way it was positioned to me, no screaming trainers. It's going to be a positive show for positive people and all this stuff. We're going to do it in a different way. That turned out to be total BS, by the way. It was (laughs) definitely a reality show. They changed the name on us to something totally absurd. My diet is better than yours, which is kind of wonderful. But anyway, the premise was that five people out of Atlanta, Georgia, who had probably 50 to hundred pounds to lose ish, they would each be set up with a coach. So five coaches, five people, and then Sean T, you know, the, the wonderful Sean T who's yes. become a friend over the years was, was the host and kind of like main motivator. Yeah. On that show. And then Anna Kaiser was also a trainer. And so Uh, but she couldn't be fired. The twist of the show is that we could be fired. The coaches could be fired by the people they were coaching. Mm -hmm. If they just didn't like how, how they were treated or if in the weekly weigh-ins in front of everyone, where all the guys went shirtless, like in front of America, if that didn't go well, you could also be fired. Like, on the spot in front of America also. Awesome. So that was, it was kind of a <laughs> cool premise for a show. And I realized sure. that I kind of knew like going into it because my wife was actually on a vid- professional video gaming reality show like years before oh, that. She oh. kind of like coached me and she's like, listen,
0: <laughs> right. they're really
1: going to mess with you and try to do some yeah. mind bending stuff. And yeah. they did, you know, like <laughs> not feeding you, shutting you into rooms, feeding you misinformation, getting you all riled up and mad at each other, <laughs> then putting you on Camera, wow!
0: Right? Like,
1: that's kind of how reality TV wow. works. And so I got, I got matched up with Kurt Morgan, this, this wonderful dude who makes me look like a hobbit. He's like six, four, he was 352 pounds when wow. we got started. 52% body fat wow. and also had been in a serious car accident that affected his neck and had to have all sorts of gnarly surgeries over the years to try to correct. So he couldn't really do heavy lifting or, or, Hardcore sprints or much exercise, to be perfectly honest. So after getting assigned with him, and then the four pages of medical issues that he had, and the fact that he couldn't really exercise, I'm like, oh, all right, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. But after you know, he was eating the standard American diet, and after having tried HCG and Atkins and eating low, low fat, low carb, low whatever over the years and failed with his wife many times. They kind of had given up recently
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
1: that's why they'd put on some, some extra weight. But anyway, over the course of (laughs) um, three and a half months, 14 weeks, we got Kurt down 87 pounds and he lost by far the most weight of anyone. He lost off the top of my head, I think it was 15 pounds the first week, 11 the second week. And he's a big guy or especially like tall. And he started off 352 pounds. So that's not a fair way to compare yourself if you're anywhere smaller than him, right? Like, so it's not about the numbers, but one thing that, that was cool about the show is they, they at least had us share the body fat percentage numbers, which is so much more important than just the raw weight. For sure. And so we got him down to, and, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was below 25% body fat uh, That's at the crazy. end of it. And he went rock climbing. And he's a grandpa. He was, wow. he was also like coming up on 50 years of age. We're mm-hmm. friends to this day. Um, but, but the show went really well, aside from the fact that we publicly lost, even though we yeah. lost the most weight and most body fat. They're saying, no, this other person, because they kind of ate less and ran more and lost more technical body volume weight, they calculated it in a different All way. Right. Like, That's the winner.
0: Um, uh, and that I'll became
1: a wonderful bit of education because at the time it's like my podcast was already kind of bigger than that show <laughs> and I had like everyone on that show on my podcast to talk about <laughs> it long form what actually happened and yeah. how there are different ways of going about this and, and if you want to eat way less and run a lot you can lose weight that way but you might lose muscle too um, right. and and so a big bit of education around that show was uh, all, like losing weight without that much exercise, but also protecting your muscle as you do that.
0: Yeah. I always, you know, clients, they always want to go at it hard, especially like my bigger guys like that, that have like a long way to go. And they're usually high achievers too. So they're like, let's go, like go hard or go home. Like wait. And I'll get this question. Wait, is lifting weights making me slow down on my, on my weight loss? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, but trust me, you yeah. want to do this. Okay. Otherwise you're going to be skinny fat. And they're like, as soon as you throw out skinny fat to a guy, they're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I can <laughs> you're wait. So
1: right. You're So right.
0: <laughs> so, women, it's a little harder. They're like, no, literally, I just want to be small. And I'm like, no, you don't because you want to be able to eat food, right? You are going to be able to eat yeah. food? Okay, then you, you don't want to just not have any muscle mass or you're not going to have much of a metabolism. That's such a cool, that's such a cool thing that you did, especially because, you know, you didn't really have to do that. Like you already no. had to and all these things going for you. Like it wasn't like you needed the, the spotlight, but it's so cool that you did that because it pushes that message even further to show people. And like, yeah, just for anybody listening, like what was he eating? What kind of, was he eating like low, low fat bagels? <laughs>
1: Not at all. No, no. We were, he was so good about, once I told him, sugar bad,
0: basically. Right. <laughs> He's like,
1: oh, huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. I can do that. Wow. And we were able to... You know, the first week, one of the things my wife and I really love to do with with our own way of making food is make it kind of luxurious and fun and indulgent. So we went over there and made bacon cowboy burgers, just like fried up the onions and bacon fat, yeah. had a bunch of avocado and had, had a bunch of greens there too. We did not sacrifice greens. I said, yeah. um, we're going to eat in some kind of wacky ways and it's going to seem way too fun to work, um, but don't think that it's just the bacon cheeseburgers that are helping here. Like don't give up your greens. Make sure that that we're maintaining um, a good diversity of of what you're eating. And even like the types of meats that we were eating were clean. I went out of pocket and bought a lot of meals, like hundreds of dollars of bulk meat from white oak pastures, which is actually close to where he was at Um, at the time. It's just a whole bunch of different types of food. And it's like, he hadn't really eaten duck Maybe ever before that, and we kind of introduced mm-hmm. him to the fun of foods. And when you combine that with you know eating bacon cheeseburgers with me and my wife, who look way too small to be doing any of this, right. um, you combine that with losing fifteen or eleven pounds a week and winning the fitness competition at the same time because mm-hmm. he he feels good and has energy. Uh, that like started to win him over, and and I didn't have to work hard on him. We were doing this together, you know, and that was kind of a different a different dynamic also as a coach, because I'm not a personal trainer. Um, and and I'm I don't work with people the way that a lot of personal trainers are portrayed to be working with people yeah. where they're ordering them around and and kind of just in their face shouting at them as they do really <laughs> miserable suffer fest workouts, right? Like that's not me at all. It's, so
0: antithesis of a good I, trainer in my opinion. <laughs>
1: well maybe so, but also there are so many just like stereotypes, right? Like people it's totally they, they hear fat burning man or they make assumptions about what I do and they think that I'm fat, which is so hilarious. Right. But, but anyway, the point of saying all this is that working with him has allowed us to continue working together. Cause I never like expended too much energy, like trying to order him around. Right. Like it's, it's more like we were building a relationship, building a friendship. And though there have been ups and downs in the, wow, like five, five years since we started filming that show. Um, he's still doing awesome. You know what I mean? He's nowhere close to back to regaining all of that weight. He's gone up and down, but he's now five years older and is like looking at his mid fifties, you know, a grandpa still working really hard, but he is, um, he's always like, that's another piece. I will lift weights. You will lift weights because like, I don't know, we will. We'll go and run too. He will do neither of those things. And there are many people like, like Kurt, out there who I hadn't really necessarily interacted with that much before that show, let alone coached, who, who were just not built that way. They're not going to do yeah. that, but right. they'll build an addition on the house in a weekend they'll like redo yeah. the roof or they'll like lift up a car so that their wife can put a jack underneath. And that's mm-hmm. his way of working out. Yeah. And he like literally delivers refrigerators sometimes and he like buys and sells really heavy things and just moves them around. And uh, I think it's really important to realize that if you're going to do this for the rest of your life, That way of doing it has to work too. You have to find a way to make whatever way work. And it's going to look different for many different people.
0: Yeah, the most beautiful part of that story is when you talked about showing him the joy of these bacon burgers and like, it's like, hey, this is how we live. Like, this is how we do it. We get it from this beautiful like pasture, pasture raised animals and, and look how delicious it is. I was having a talk with my mindset coach yesterday about this and you reminded me of it so much. He was talking about psychocybernetics and how like oh, yeah. f- we have this thermostat, right? And so like we have these associations with pizza and chocolate chip cookies and all these things that bring us joy. And then we think, oh, I have to go on a diet. Now I have to remove all joy from my life. And I think that's why people regain. And I think that story of you showing him how much joy and beauty and love can be in the healthy eating is what allowed him to keep that long-term because he's like, wait, I actually like this. I actually find joy in this. It's actually delicious. It doesn't have to be this scarcity yeah. mindset of, you know, I think that's what holds people back is it's like, this is suffering and this sucks. Well, how long are you gonna wanna do that? The rest of your life? Yeah. No way, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's finding joy in the the eating experience. And what did you call it? You said you, you and your wife like to make it luxurious and like- yeah. Over the top. That's it. That's it right there is like making an enjoyable experience. So when you get done, you're like, wow, that was amazing. Not like, yeah oh, I'm starving freaking broccoli. I hate this. Like, but I got to do it because I hate myself, you know? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. So the way that we prefer to do it is more of the fasting and feasting approach. And that worked well for Kurt and and it works well for me and my wife. I mean, you can't be eating luxuriously all the time. Right. This extravagant lifestyle where you're eating bacon cheeseburgers as soon as as you wake up then just like hitting the cream (laughs) cheese, you know, it's like, so another thing that that he learned and and we kind of learned together is listen, if you feel good fasting, do that. And it will help you become fat adapted at the beginning. And yeah. then it will help you burn off that fat that you need to burn off because it was primarily around his organs, like in his midst. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want normal people to lose weight that quickly, that amount of weight with that speed. But for someone like him who had that much metabolic dysfunction and literally he could have had a heart attack at any moment, Yeah, <laughs> if he's motivated to take that fat off as quickly as possible let's do it man True. so fasting was was a big part of that and one one trick that i myself am using like anytime i kind of bump up over 180 i'm like all right buddy let's go back down to 175 let's keep the muscle but let's go back down so i take the cream cream out of my coffee in the mornings and i'll a lot of times do like a, a low intensity workout yeah. um, maybe just a walk maybe just yep. some rows nice and easy not not breathing heavy not Pulling from muscle glycogen and getting hungry, just kind of like a nice, easy, the opposite of a suffer fest, where like you do it for 20 minutes and you're like, wow, I really could do this all day. Now I'm feeling good, you know? Yeah. He did a little bit of that, but just with walking around the neighborhood. And thankfully, he had some hills and he would push his, his, um, you know, grandkids in the cart, which is a little bit of weight. And if you do that for 45 minutes with just a bit of black coffee, most days, and then before that you were eating cereal or you were getting like a cruller or a donut and you were eating ice cream at night, you're going to have amazing results. And he had incredible, the best, literally the best results I've ever seen. Or the best results I had ever seen then, and then people watched that and were inspired by him. And then I got in touch with so who, people are still getting in touch with me today. Were like I lost a hundred pounds. I had zero exercise that whole time. Like there was there were articles written about people who especially had incredible results by not doing any exercise at all after yeah. seeing her. And I was like, that's that's next level. Like I couldn't have done that. I have no idea how you did that. So I invited some of them like Tommy Whitaker, if you guys want to look it up on my podcast to ask them how they managed to do that. Cause I'm different. It's like, I, I love running. I like lifting weights. And so the people who are able to skip that whole part and just focus on nutrition, because that was the thing. He's like, when I talked to Tommy, he's like, listen, man, I'm not going to lift weights. I'm not going to go running. I'm not going to do any of this, you know, fitness bunny stuff that you you and your fitness friends do, (laughs) Um, but I can put all my energy into eating, right? Will that work? And it's like, yeah, that can work too. And I've just been astounded by how well that works. I'll always be an advocate for exercising and getting out there and staying strong and all of that. But the people who are able to do this in their own way. I mean, props to you. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lived that during coronavirus because I am a personal trainer and I love, and I love the nutrition piece too. But during coronavirus, I let go of my like, wake up at 4.30 AM, crush the day, like, you know, morning routine. Go I was just like, you know what? There's no gym open. I'm just going to like sleep in and I'll just do my morning routine when I wake up. And wow, my, my appetite went down so much that I drifted into one meal a day. I just really wasn't hungry until wow. like one. And then like I feasted and then I just like wasn't hungry anymore. And I started to get a little hungry at night, but I'm like, oh, it's nine o'clock now. I'm not going to eat again. And so I just drifted into this. And I, so I basically stopped working out for two months and I lost 16 pounds and I'm already pretty wow. lean. Like I was really, really shocked by that, you know? And I was like, okay, so sleep. So I actually, I'm still doing one meal a day. I love it. I think it is so amazing. And it's more like, eh, sometimes it's a four hour long feast. Feast, right? So yeah. it's not really one meal. It's not like I'm just having a bowl of, you know, chicken salad and that's all I eat all day long. Right. It's more like a big feast, you know, for this short amount of time, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Even for those of us who have been intermittent fasting for a long time. And I know you guys have to, you've been intermittent fasting for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. In different ways. And when I first started, it was more 16, eight on the 16, eight side of things yeah. where I would start eating around noon. Yeah. Um, my lifestyle was totally different. I was in my mid twenties. I'm in my mid thirties now. Not that that's a massive difference, but we live in a completely different place. Our habits are completely different. Yeah. And I want to work out differently. And I also want to eat less. Like back then I really wanted to eat a lot. And now I just, oftentimes I don't, sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. And so uh, I don't really get hungry until I start eating. (laughs) And you yeah. can use that to your advantage as long as you don't push it too hard and too long. Yeah. But you know, once you're fat adapted, and you were you were talking to Drew about doing the the ultra running events and all yeah. that, and and not being a natural runner and and that sort of thing. Um, I think what so much of that is is the fat adaptation, right? Because yeah. like as a runner who wasn't really that well fat adapted and and ran many years that way to now, where my typical workout I'll do this like once a week. We live at eight thousand feet here in Colorado, and I'll run. Like five to seven miles up and down the mountain, do sprints in the heat with very low humidity, like rough, and I'll do it fasted. Or as a treat, I'll just have a little manuka honey drop that I can suck on and it'll last the whole run.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, I've had this is the most sugar I've had in a long time. Wow.
1: um, As long as I get enough salt and I don't bring any water or anything. Um, but
0: that's how I am too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's if you can, if you can do that, that's that's also next level, you know. Yeah. I want I want my metabolism to be efficient. I want to be able to pull from fat stores when I need to. And those right. people who are able to run a hundred miles without right. fueling, that's pretty cool too. And I think that we all have that ability if we train ourselves up and kind of. I I think of it as right. getting ourselves the chops, like that's how you call it in music. You got to get the chops first, and what that <laughs> means is like you have to <laughs> sit down practice diligently, not once, not intensely. It's not about intensity, right. but with consistency over a long period of time. And if you do that, then you'll slowly but surely and you work on the things that you're bad at, you work on your weak spots, then eventually you'll get the chops enough to be able to do these things.
0: Amen. That's beautifully said. Just I just said that to my clients this morning on a call. she's one of my clients is like, I can't work out fasted. Like I just can't. And I'm like, you yeah. can't right now but you will be yeah. able to more and more the more you do it, right? So I'm like, you can, it just doesn't feel as awesome as usual because you're you're adapting right now. Adapting is uncomfortable, but look what you're saying. I mean, like guys, did you hear him? He just said he's at 8,000 feet elevation. I don't know if people really put that in perspective, but here in Salt Lake City, we're like 4,000 feet elevation. So like, that's like double, that's really, really high. And you're doing that with nothing, but your, what's inside your own body pretty much, maybe a teeny bit of honey or something. And that's yeah. cool because then, you know, I don't know about you, but... I was down in Austin for paleo effects, I think. And I went yeah. for a run. I was going to go for a three mile run. And it was so amazing because I was so at sea level. I ran 10 miles. Like, totally. like, just, I could not stop. I was like, and I felt like I just kept getting faster and faster and faster. And that's a really cool experience when you train your body to do something really hard. And yeah. then you go back to like easy. It's just you're, you feel like a superhuman.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah, And I would encourage those people. I was thinking about it. I'm like, why do I do this? I came back from a run and it was too hot and like too yeah. overworked to even want to eat dinner. My yeah. one meal of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then eventually I did, you know, a couple hours after I yeah. cooled down and all that. I'm like, why do I do this? It's so hard. It's because I did it one thing at a time. When we first moved up to this altitude, um, we'd kind of like, I, I like how high altitude, I love the mountains, but yeah, the first sure. time I tried running at 7,500 feet, like. <laughs> in Flagstaff. I was like, oh, the, and and then the first, like just mild incline I got was, I had to stop and I wanted to barf. I'm like, what is happening? I and got. it's legit. You know? So when we yeah. first moved here, I wasn't really running that much and I was taking it easier. I had to adjust my workouts and you yeah. can't really work out with the intensity no. that you can at sea level. You just can't, it's a different thing, but you can become a lot more efficient. So when I was not running. I had a similar experience. When we first went to to Colorado, it was, the, it was the winter and it was icing up and we were on hills and stuff. It's just like, I couldn't run there if I even wanted to. It was like too dangerous. It, w- it would have been kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to go visit my folks who live now down in Florida at sea level And I'm just like, huh, I wonder if I could do like the normal run that I, that I would have done when I was in running shape by their house. And I just rolled out and ran five miles and felt amazing the whole time. (laughs) Like, like I didn't have to take a breath the whole time. I'm like, what is happening here? I'm not even trained for this at all. And not that I wasn't training, you know, I was still lifting weights and I know that you're a big fan of lifting and running. I'm a fan of that combo and that, that hybrid scenario as well. I think it's, it's, Protected me from so many injuries that I used to get for sure right? um, and, and so many other things. But anyway, there are many aspects to this. and <laughs> I would suggest that you don't do them all at the same time. You don't yeah. go for the hardest thing all at the same time. I'll bring it back to music once again, because like I also study bebop and jazz and I'm not very good at that, that style of music. It can be really complex. And if you try to tackle these songs with these rapid chord changes and sometimes really rapid tempos, you'll fall apart right at the beginning and learn nothing. You could spend just you know hours, you could spend your entire life banging your head against a wall. What you have to do is break it up into tiny little pieces and kind of tackle them one at a time. You can do one measure at a time. You can do one line at a time. You know. And so if you focus on small things and getting that right, and then moving on to the next thing, then you can start stacking the hard stuff and get to that superhuman level.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. That was my topic for my coaching call this morning. Habit stacking, right? Just stacking one habit on top of the next. And you're right. That's why I think we get so overwhelmed. Like if I was going to try to learn to, you've got all these instruments behind you. And I'm like, if I was going to try to learn how to play all those, like, <laughs> I mean, I would just, I would give up. I'd be like, I can't, I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't apparently, you know? And that's what happens with health and fitness too. And it's like, Oh, totally. you totally can. You're just like putting way too much pressure on yourself all at one time. Yeah. Okay. I have to, I have to ask you about the no mm-hmm. internet thing. Cause I'm just so curious. So you and your wife went for like almost a year without any internet at all like none
1: it wasn't 0% but
0: like um, well, pretty like you didn't have internet at your we did
1: not have internet and and we've done this a couple of times by the way so
0: oh my gosh Sarah.
1: some of the times we'll have a little bit of cell service most of the time not cuz we lived on the road out of an yeah. rv yeah. for for a few years there we lived in the mountains of tennessee, tennessee in the smoky mountains and we had oh
0: my internet
1: that was i continued to do my show with an up and download limit of 20 gigs a month, which would cut out any time clouds or weather came over. Oh, wow. <laughs> Combining that with like a little bit of Verizon service, we were able to continue doing some of the show uh, that time. That was that was before the ABC TV show days even. And um, the most recent time, it's just we didn't have good internet up in the mountains of Colorado, the first place we moved. And so we're just like, well, we still have, we have a small team, and there are kind of like automated processes you can use to publish things. And mm-hmm. we did essentially reruns of the show, republished. We've been doing this for a while, so a lot of people yeah. haven't heard the shows from right. five or six years ago, or or now like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And so bringing those back up at the right time can be powerful yeah. for people. So
0: um,
1: that was yeah, it was it was a really powerful experience because so many uh, people who are, you know, around our age, but certainly younger are just connected all the time. And many people have now been raised in that environment and have never disconnected. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire and Uh, the power went out during an ice storm for 10 plus days. Like I believe more than once we would lose power. It was all thing. We knew exactly what to do. We knew where the candles and the the flashlights and the board games were. We knew how to get by without showers if we had to. And so I think that, well, also, you know, the, the phone would go out. We didn't have internet. We didn't even have cable until I went away to college. You know, it wasn't even like, buy our house. And so my default mode is kind of without peace. those things.
0: peace, yeah,
1: peace. <laughs> you know, when you realize that that none of this stuff is necessary at all, especially social media, and that in fact, the thing that really set me off, I didn't use Instagram for like two years, one or two years. Uh, almost at all, even though I had I'd like 40,000 followers at the time. I still have 40,000. I was just like, <laughs> but um, not. I read an article that was in no small terms saying if you use Instagram, you're going to be sadder than if you don't. You're going to be more anxious and depressed. And if you use it a lot, you're going to be really depressed. Wow. And coming from brain science and mental health, which is kind of my background in education, mm. and, and also, you know, my background, realizing that all of this is completely unnecessary. I really value those uninterrupted hours of time to do creative things instead of consuming, which is what we're being trained to do almost every second that we're on um, technology these days. We used to create things and, and I try to keep doing that even for ridiculous and unnecessary reasons. And, and ones that might be over the edge, according to some people, like my new book in humor and satire has, has kicked the hornet's nest and it's an yeah, yeah. audiobook book and poetry and all this stuff and makes no sense to release after a diet book and cookbook series. And that makes no sense to release after like an academic investigation and research project into music in the brain. Like none of this makes any sense. Mm. And none of it matches up with, with fat burning man either. But to me, it's all the same and it's all one. And these are kind of like interdisciplinary adventures and explorations yeah. and rabbit holes that will inform each other eventually in the same way that I was using metaphors, talking about music. When I get tendinitis from playing too much piano or doing scales, it's the same in my fingers from playing music as it is in my Achilles when I'm doing runs up the mountain and you can learn from these things. And the more that you apply yourself, develop yourself and, and get into that creative mode of production instead of consumption then you realize that it's worth it. And, and that's not to say that I don't use social media. Now, I, I use it in a very targeted and specific way. I go in there to spar sometimes and to connect with people. Yeah. And if you do it that way, selectively and intentionally, you can do it your own way and it doesn't have to be bad. But I would recommend for most people, if not everyone, take whatever amount of time sounds scary to you away from all media and shut your phone off if you can you know shut all of it off and it it doesn't have to be any harder than just unplug your router unplug your router at night just try this unplug your router at night and before you know it in the morning you'll probably be on a device it shut your cell service off too right like mm-hmm. just shut it all off and then try to go like with fasting without food try to just push that back and and put it back later in the day try to put something good there instead <laughs> Maybe something yeah. spiritual, maybe some jur- journaling, maybe a bit of meditation or the yoga and Pilates and Qigong and Tai Chi, you've always wanted to learn. Put it there, just five, 10 minutes. Yeah. You have it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I heard um, Ryan Holiday talking about this recently on an interview with Jay Shetty. He was saying that like what started as 30 minutes in the morning with no phones is now five or six hours, right? Because yeah. he's like, if I want to create, he's like, I'm a writer. If I want to create and write, like I have to have that time, like taking my, he has like a baby, you know, a little, little guy like I take my baby for a walk and like being outside and yeah. having peace. And he told this story that I thought was incredible. It reminds me so much. What you're saying is like, he, he was finding out how his new book had done. Like he saw, he saw like an email, I think he said, come in from his, from his publisher. And he's like, no, like, no, like I'm not, he, he glanced and saw it for a second. He's like, I'm not going to look yeah. at that because I still got like three hours and whatever that news is, it's going to affect me so that I can't create for the next three hours. I'm going to get all caught up in it, you know? And you think yep. of like starting to look at your phone and you're just, nothing, you get done and nothing, you have nothing to show for it. You just, maybe some frustration or anger or some weird loop that keeps you from creating the life you really want. And I, I do, I, um, I, I just challenged my sister to get off all dating apps, um, nice. two days ago and I'm calling, I'm like, how you doing? How you doing? Cause she's <laughs> just like stressed to the max. She's stressed. And I'm like, it just, it sucks up all our time. We don't realize to the point that we can't create. The other thing I love that you're doing, Abel, is like you breaking the rules a little bit. Like you're only supposed to be the fat burning man able. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. Like Mm -hmm. you can only be that guy, you know? And you're like, no, actually I'm going to be like a musician and a songwriter and win awards for that. And his book, by the way, the humor is called, um, designer Babies." still have scabies. Did I say that right? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you're like, no, I, because that's what came to you intuitively and is passionate for you and look how well it's done. It's like number one book in like eight countries and it's a bestseller and the podcast has been number one for, you know, what was it like five years in a row was number one on Apple fifty million downloads. Like, and that's just from you pure coming purely from where you're at and what you want to create and burning out sometimes to be perfectly honest.
1: You know what I mean? It's like, like I said, mental health is so important and I've, I've come to moments in my career, in every career that I've had, whether it's music, consulting and fat burning man, health stuff, writing books where I totally burn out. And sometimes I don't realize it. Sometimes you burn out way before you realize it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people on on dating apps are probably completely burned out because anytime you're in that reactive stage, you know, I had been, you know, I did a big book with major publisher and I had all these major app projects and then I had a major TV show and I'm just like back and forth. These people working all the time. Then I'm coaching people and I'm helping them. Mm -hmm. And after a while I just needed a break and Mm -hmm. I needed to figure out like, is this really what I want to do too? this for the rest of the time like do i even keep this going i've had that thought many times and uh, i think that's perfectly natural and important to have these thoughts and honor that and 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 spend some time with that because once you do i hated social media there was no way i was going to use instagram for that that year but now i pop in multiple times a day and like talk to a bunch of my friends and meet new people Mm-hmm. On, even on Twitter, even where people are just like <laughs> trying to kill each other and at each other's throats. all that. I'm still making friends in there and, yeah. and making friends with the haters and stuff. But I wouldn't have the ability to get in there with that attitude and mindset and, and be able to put up with all that if I hadn't taken a lot of time off and, and thought about why I'm doing this.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, uh, my my friend Josh Trent, who I know you know as well, he told me yeah. to tell you hello. By the way, I was just texting right for hey, this. Josh. He's like, "Hello, oh, hi." But Josh shared such an incredible story of himself with with Wellness Force of like having that intuitive pool of like you're forcing it now. You're forcing it now. Like just shift, shift, shift. And that's what I'm hearing from you is like you're just like, wait, now like all the joy is gone. I'm stressed the hell out. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Like yeah pause and like allowing that question of like, do I want to do this? Am I doing what I want to do? Or can I allow myself that freedom to shift Mm -hmm. even after all this success? Cause I can see like how it'd be very easy. It's like, no, I found something that worked. Like I have to be locked into this. Like, this is it. This is all I got. And you're saying, no, like bringing in that abundance and allowing yourself to breathe and create the life that you want. Instead of feeling locked into something, it's kind of the same concept as being locked into your job at the office as a receptionist that you hate. It's the same mentality. Really. It's like, I have to do this because this is safe. And I found success here. You know, you're saying like, screw that. No.
1: People (laughs) will paint you into a corner. mm -hmm. They, They will every time. And if you let them do that, you're going to be trapped there wondering how that ever happened. You know, kind of just like people who spend, (laughs) they're at a party with a sheepdog and all of a sudden they're all herded in the corner. Like that happens to us without us really realizing
0: it. And for
1: our own sanity it's important to, to take a step back and reevaluate every once in a while. From a business perspective, it completely yeah. changes. We've had to shift our business model many times. We've lost our pants. We've made millions. We, and, and usually it's, it's breaking even. And the years that we've done really well have been very few. And the ones where we're just kind of like cruising by, but working really hard in our own way, doing different stuff is every single one of them. Even the, yeah. when we're unplugging, we're working really hard, just on a totally different obsession. One, yeah. one of them was finding a place where we wanted to live, like a state, I mean. And and we lived in more than a dozen states. We lived in, in, close to to both families and parents, and multiple corners of the country. We, we traveled to different countries and entertained if we wanted to maybe live there. And, uh, and it's so important to reevaluate from time to time because it, it might change. But if you choose your life very intentionally, then you can kind of like, we're in Colorado now and I'm, I don't see any reason to leave. This is the yeah. first time I've ever felt like that. And nice. I, I, we've lived in a bunch of other places in Colorado that did not feel like that at all. Wow. We had to try out a bunch of them before we really felt like this. So sometimes I think I know our mutual friend Elle talks about confidence. And I think a lot of times that confidence comes from questioning and stepping back for a minute before you rush forward with, with whatever decision is just kind of like there, which is what most people do. Like we just... Yeah will automatically cruise through life without really doing what we want um, if we let life do that to us. And so we have to just like constantly take that step back, I think. And as coaches, we need to reevaluate what we're saying. And if if that advice is useful anymore, because that changes too. the whole, even just being online as creators before it was like, yeah, fat burning man is a thing. And you can only be that. And now like in the past like year or two, all these people in mainstream media are shut in their homes, like kind of on Zoom or Skype, like the rest of us, Mm -hmm. professionalism is gone and we're all kind of doing this in our own way and no one knows how to do it. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. you know, but you have to adapt and realize that we're all real people and you can't just be the TV show news anchor anymore. Now you have to let out other pieces of yourself because otherwise you'll get canceled. People will find that piece and they'll cancel you or whatever. It's a totally different dynamic. And you also can't say too much because then you'll get canceled and you can't use the same words that you could use five or 10 years ago. Certainly. So, uh, yeah, that all takes time. And what I do is like, I'll take a good, I record a bunch, I batch it up. Then I take a bunch of time off and I just read books a lot of the times about things that I, I don't like reading about social media, but I read three social media books before I got back in and started sparring with people again. Wow. I read three of them in like a weekend because I feel like it's a responsibility to like, I didn't know what the stories were, right? Like it's just, I never got into Snapchat. I I don't know why these different social media platforms are doing all these different things or why anyone would ever use them. So like, I sucked it up and read a bunch of books about it. I'm like, oh this makes sense. This is how I could use it artistically. And so I did some piano improvisations and this is how I could do it and maybe calm some, some nerves right now. And I sang a song for people and they loved that. And it's just like, oh, this is fun again. Right. But you need to go through that education from time to time.
0: Yeah. I love what you're
1: educational. you know?
0: Yeah. Cause usually it's like what we do, or I think our egos like to be like, I don't, I don't care about that. I don't like that because we really we don't understand it, you know. So it's yeah, like totally. we understand it, so we reject it. We make judgments mm-hmm. about it. But you went straight into the eye of the storm, and you're like, let me learn about it, and then you were able to find joy in it, which is so beautiful because now what? It's open more opportunities for you to grow, to be happy, and like we just we won't do that. It's like you know, I, I'm, there's no way I'm like looking into veganism. <laughs> it's like wait, then right. I got like my my coach who coaches me. She's a vegan. I'm like okay, okay, I love you. Like I'll look into it, you know, and I like, <laughs> hey, I can see why you guys like, I, I see where you're coming from on some of this stuff, you know, instead of just like rejecting it. Cause we don't, we don't even want to look into it, you know? And that's, that's yeah. really beautiful, and vegans I- vegans
1: make a mean salad, man. They make they, they, some great food. There's that's a lot I'm to like.
0: Learn. Nutritional yeast, thank you, vegans. Like all, <laughs> exactly. of these, all of these recipes that taste, they have definitely learned how to make vegetables taste amazing. So exactly, there's 100%. so much that can be learned from anything if we're just like a little bit open minded to receiving it instead of just poo pooing it because our ego is like, I, it's not for me, right? Well, even for
1: me, yeah, it's like unplugging from social media, knowing that it's bad, feeling way better about it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty easy to get in the position. And now I see a lot of people of doing this. They're so like, I'm better than social media. I don't right. need social media. <laughs> and the thing that made it easiest for me to understand was the reason that we all started this, got online, got into forums, chat rooms, and social media was to connect with each other. Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's right. They're all messaging platforms. They're all just like AOL Instant Messenger. I used to you know, message with with some of my best friends when I was a teenager and and my girlfriends and my cousins and all that. And I had fun and we got into fights and it was fun. And, uh, And so if you think of it all as a messaging platform to connect with real people, ignore the bots, ignore the hate, engage with the haters if you want. I've made a lot of friends that way. Yeah. I made a lot of friends awesome. in the carnivore community because I gave them some crap. They gave me some crap. And now we're just like getting each other's backs.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, that's for for me too. I, I, I always tell, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I love social media. Just so, <laughs> I am kind of being a brat. I'm kind of being a brat. Yeah. But I really do because I'm very outgoing by nature. I love meeting new people. I love connecting. And it allows me to do that. So I will admit, I'm not much of a consumer. So like my friends, I'm like, I'm sorry, I probably am not going to see your stuff very much. Maybe if yeah. it's like one of the top three, then I just for a second scroll through. But because when you are putting out content all the time, it can overtake your life. But it's still yeah. becomes a way for us to connect. And that's the thing is I feel like there's like there's a balance there because it's a different kind of connection, right? It's definitely very different than sitting out in your backyard, laying in the grass with your wife or your kids or whoever it is. That's a whole another level of connection, but there's still more connection at our fingertips if we'll embrace some of these things that we resist. Um and-
1: we can't wait for it to be perfect either. I would love for it to be perfect. I would love for it to be better and different than it is in so many ways. But Mm -hmm. if we're going to be prevented from going to conferences and hanging out and hugging and
0: dancing together
1: and playing music, then let's let's dance with this and adapt around it and realize that it's a game and it's an uphill battle. And that's what we're doing. We're playing a game kind of, you know, and we're playing, with the rules, we're bending the rules sometimes and we're having fun with it. And, and if you dance with it that way, I think that's the only way you're gonna get through this without getting stomped,
0: you know? Oh, so true. Be adaptable. It's like what I'm hearing from you, like from the get-go of this whole interview with your doctor and your cholesterol and your triglycerides and doing, you know, I'm doing it this way and this is the right way. It's just adaptable, 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 adaptable. And just like making the best of every situation you find yourself in, which is just such willing a willing to be lesson. wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, be willing to like have your past self be wrong.
0: Right, right. That's, that's
1: okay. We're all wrong all the time. And if you're not wrong right, if you are wrong right now and you keep going in that wrong direction because you think it's right, that's bad. We <laughs> need to accept that that's bad. Sometimes things are a little wrong and a little right. We need to accept that too, right? There, there's yeah. no perfect food or exercise. Like sometimes you're doing good and bad at the same time and you need to balance that.
0: Yeah. I think following that, that intuition that we all have, some of us embrace it more than others, but that intuitive feeling of, you know, sometimes for me, it's like, let that project go. And I'm like, no, like I like built my whole brand around that. Like that's, I've spent like $20,000 on that project. Like, no. And it's like, okay, well, things are just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse for you until you listen, but that's okay. You can keep doing it if you want to. (laughs) That's what happens is it just is like, and I'm like, man, I should have listened six months ago. I knew, I knew, but I was like so locked into it. And that's what, it, that's what bad is to me. Is it like, life just starts to suck more and more. The more you stay locked into these things that you think are safe, but your, yeah. your higher self is like, please let it go. Please let it go. Please let it go. And you're like, no, I can't. because right. of all this programming. <laughs> totally.
1: And, and you need to adapt your business too. Like if I wanted to uh, try to pay my team, on my poetry book and music, no way. We would have to shut down right away. Like I made hundreds of dollars with 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 international best-selling books, you know, because (laughs) I would rather get, so that's the other thing, like all these different domains and projects, don't try to squeeze money out of all of them and don't try to make successes out of the ones that mm. maybe money comes from. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't try to squeeze everything for something different than what its function is.
0: Wow. And so
1: if you're putting out books and you're doing coaching and you're trying all these different things, honor each one for what it is. And yeah. for me, one thing that I've learned about books, having made a little bit of money, you know, a fair amount of money, but not near enough to really like pay my team and keep all of this, this going. Cause it costs yeah. a lot of money to have scale these days and they have hosting and all that for us. It's like, it's been 15 grand a month for years and like, it's a lot of books Mm. (laughs) in pure profit to meet that every month. You got to get creative. So, um, find the right ways to build your thing, pay your team and do your thing and and get your message out there at the same time. Cause it's going to be a bunch of different things.
0: Yeah. I love that. All right. Last thing. What, what's lighting you up right now on a personal level? Like what's got your heart? Like, Oh, I just love this. What's, what's your obsession, current obsession.
1: It's very fun for my past self to be different from my current self. Like the amount of time that I'm spending, for example, on email and in social media would make me nauseous just like a few months or (laughs) a certain years ago, but I'm like getting in there and I'm getting after it because like I said, we can't, I would otherwise be many conferences, deep, many speaking engagements and, and, and so many things I wanted to do. I was supposed to be doing a TV show right now on a major TV show that, you know, all of that, everything on pause, right? So you got to adapt. And so I'm, I'm really excited about kind of doing that. And at the same time, my wife and I built Wild Superfoods yeah. which is for supplementation. And also down the road, you know, shelf-stable foods and nutrients and ingredients that we can use for our recipes. So now we're going in that nice. direction with wow. collagen cocoa and Future Greens and using recipes and that sort of thing. And so cool. that allows us to wait, be our wait. sponsor.
0: What's Future Greens?
1: Future Greens is powdered fruit and veg. It's like mm-hmm. a combination of nice. over a dozen different, you know, superfoods. Right yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. that, that word that everyone hates, but, mm-hmm. you know, spirulina, chlorella, yeah. and...
0: I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> They're superfoods. People can just be so judgmental. They are. They're amazing. I
1: know. It, it's wonderful <laughs> because, like I said, I get a kick out of words. So sometimes I use them just to, like, see how people react. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> and, uh, and I consider, the like, most of the things that we sell are highly concentrated superfoods slash nutraceuticals and concentrated nutrients that are shelf stable. So I, I yeah. like, we're excited about that because it's a whole new thing, very different for us. Yeah. I would have snubbed my nose at that five years, three years ago. Like I, I, we thought about this many years before we actually did it because I've seen so many people do it wrong. Yeah. But I've also met a lot of people who do it right. And and over the, the journeys over the years, I, I've just learned how important not being nutrient deficient is and having diversity in your diet and having a real plan to get the right things in there. So, um, we, we've spent a lot of time and money building that. Now it's like ready to go. And we're kind of getting off the ground. So I'm really psyched about doing this bizarre off the wall content and sparring with people online and getting that out there. At yeah. The same
0: time. What's the, what's the website for the, is it wildfoods.com? Wild superfoods. Wild that's, that's where right, they can yeah. find that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of that and support you all the way, because I have found that when your body has the nutrients it wants, it stops searching. That's why nutrient density is so important because I, you know, for the first time in the history of humankind, we're overfed and malnourished.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Holy crap. And that's
1: one of the reasons I think I used to eat so much and be so hungry because I wasn't supplementing in my 20s like I am now. Now I am and I I honestly need to eat a lot less than than I used to.
0: Yeah, nutrient density is everything. It's like your body's like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't you don't need to keep searching in these empty right. like wheat thins or whatever you're, you know, d- reduced fat wheat thins <laughs> or whatever it is you're eating. Like if you eat something packed with nutrients, your body's like, "Okay, yeah, Yeah. We're good here. Like go live, go enjoy, enjoy your life. That's awesome. Okay. And then let's see. So fatburningman.com is probably where they can find everything that they want to find about you. You guys probably, probably know who Abel is. If you're listening to my podcast, I'm sure you have come across Abel somewhere in your journey. (laughs) So thank you so, so much for coming on today. You are just like a breath of fresh air in the health industry. You're leading the way. And I'm really, really grateful to have interviewed you today. Thank you. Oh,
1: you're wonderful. It's, it's such a great experience to talk to someone else who's in it. And, you know, I, it was a lot of fun to listen to your show before coming on. And I went in deep, you know, with Drew and some, some old friends and all the rest of it and you're doing such a wonderful job and I always get a kick out of seeing people who are just getting started with like the interview thing and yeah. you are really good at it most people are publicly bad for a long time <laughs> before they ever get to like you're just it feels very natural and I, I can tell you're a very social person and, and really smart but you thank are you. built for this so keep doing it we need you
0: thank you thank you so much thank you so much it's been so fun today I love I love talking all of these things that where we're connecting to nature we're finding our own path we're forging your own path so yeah, thanks for sharing your heart and your soul with us today. Appreciate you. Thank you. you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Out Health Podcast. I hope this episode served as inspiration and something that you needed to hear in your life. If you have a friend or family member that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And also please subscribe. I have so many more amazing guests coming. I have just been so gifted and honored to meet so many incredible health professionals in my career, and I cannot wait to share their messages with you guys. So please subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to rate my show, I would really appreciate it this. Podcast is honestly an intuitive call to me to help spread goodness to the world. And so if you guys can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. If you want more info on this guest, pop over to my website, check out my podcast section and you can get links to everything we talked about in the show um, and find out more about this guest and what where you can go from here. Make sure you're also following me on Instagram. Uh, that is my most active platform. You can find me at Coach Tara Garrison. You can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Everything is Coach Tara Garrison across the board. And then yeah, if you want to send me a message